Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Tycoon, Clittledoo too far back. Same for Kid Montana. 28-8, third quarter, they're at the turn. LL Cool J, he's got them all chasing. Swings into the home straight clear. Margin over five metres. Trying hard, feeling for a rainbow. Then May wins best, Colt 31. But LL Cool J again. LL Cool J beats feeling for a rainbow. Colt 31. Yes, he's a promising type. That was the Redcliffe uh, Gold Cup the other night, Chris. And a uh, few anxious moments. However, at the start, if you backed the LL Cool J, which started the 340 favourite. Yeah, exactly right. Again, good morning to you, Steve. Good morning, everyone. Uh, he scrambled away, but he was able to hit his stride pretty quickly, and then he was able to take the lead and defy running down thereafter, completing the big double, the patron's purse the previous week, in track record time, and he backed it up there, taking the gold cup. So at this stage, connections are looking at the tab blacks are fake on July 24. They'll pick and choose probably another target or two beforehand, but given his current form lines, uh, they're going to dip their toe in the big, uh, in the big league. So the Blacks of Fake is an obvious target for LL Cool J. It was a great night there on Saturday night. We mentioned Krug earlier. To talk more about it, first up this morning, joining us from Racing Queensland, the Harness Racing Manager, David Abrick, and he's online now. So, David, good morning. G'day, Chris. G'day to your listeners. Saturday night, it was a special night in so many ways, so many features, but so many great stories. And overall, I think anyone that was there had a really good time. Yeah, absolutely. It was a fantastic night's racing. Um, obviously, you know, I guess in the end, probably highlighted by the performance of Krug, um, even though it was probably a bit of a, a race, an undercard race, but uh, it was fantastic that a horse like uh, he went there and certainly attracted a number of uh, patrons along. Um, but uh, was also many eyeballs on the on the TVs watching him go around. Um, but obviously the the other racing was fantastic as well. So um, it was really pleasing for the club. They've done a lot of uh, doing a lot of work out out there in terms of upgrading their venue, but also on the track. And um, I think that uh, that delivered on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking with club officials, they were thrilled over the moon, in fact. And uh, just early reports, their their turnover on course, in particular, really really strong. Yeah, no, that's right. And the off course was uh, was outstanding as well. It looks like being about 75% up on two years ago and about 35% up on last year, which, you know, given uh, the impact of, of COVID that uh, we saw last year and, and while we're still seeing some um, impacts of that, just, uh, I guess, underlines the, the strength of the card and, and uh, how it performed. So it was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. They may have dodged a bullet as well. The forecast for Saturday and Saturday night more so wasn't great, but uh, I think there was a, a light shower maybe once or twice throughout the night, but it was only very light. So all in all, it was a really good night. So fresh off that big night on Saturday night, David, we're on high alert with this COVID situation. What What's the latest as it stands right now? Yeah, look, as it stands at the moment, from a, from a participant point of view, uh, we'll be reintroducing temperature testing, masks in our uh, horse movement areas, um, and restricting access to those core core racing areas. So that's sort of the first move that we'll be making, particularly for our southeast <coughs> Queensland clubs, and obviously for our harness clubs that are all in that in that in that area. So I guess that's on a day-to-day basis. That's what's currently happening. Uh, patrons are still out on course, but uh, not allowed in those core racing areas, and obviously also have to <coughs> observe 
observe the need to wear masks in, in, indoors and uh, there's also social distancing requirements with regard to, you know, four square metres per person in indoor areas and, and two square metres people in outdoor areas. So, um, look, there are some restrictions in place. The, the industry's been fantastic at, at working to those restrictions over the last, you know, two, 18 months almost. So, um, you know, we're confident that that'll continue and, and look, any changes that uh, come through from government, then we'll work, work through that process. But as of today, with regards to today's Albion Park meeting, there are the restrictions that are in place. Okay. No doubt uh, officials, both at RQ and Albion Park now, with the focus switching to Albion Park, fingers and toes crossed that we can, you know, uh, showcase the talent that we've got here in Queensland right now because we're lucky in that respect where a lot of the talent's already here in the state, but we want to showcase it to the public. So we've just got the fingers and toes crossed that everything sort of remains the same over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. We'll obviously work through that. Um, I guess we've had challenges throughout it. And as I said, the, the industry's been really good at working with that. Hopefully we can showcase that in some shape or form to the public. We'll certainly be televising it well and truly. And as you said, a number of the, the leading horses are here. Um, even though that there is some uh, restrictions in place um, with regard to New South Wales, as we speak, um, the, the horses are still able to transport up via... Um, appropriate transport means. So even though some of those participants in, say, the Menangle area might, mightn't be able to get up here over the, the coming fortnight, uh, their horses will still be able to travel up. So there are uh, situations in place to ensure that that, uh, that can occur. Um, and we'll certainly work with those trainers and connections to, uh, to get them here if, uh, if they choose to do so. Okay, well, that's a good point you raise. And with a race like the Rising Sun just around the corner, horses like uh, Zeus Bromac, uh, Chubby Checker, Send It, Bundoran, they're still a possibility of competing in the Rising Sun uh, despite the conditions that are sort of in place right now with Sydney. That's right, correct, and so that's certainly the case. Um, but there are some some travel restrictions that that, are, that are apply to that, and obviously people from in those areas aren't able to tra to uh, travel out. But uh, approved transport providers can uh, collect those horses and, and bring them up, uh, bring them up north. So um, the situations are in place, and that's sort of happened throughout Thoroughbred Carnival as well. So um, as I said, we've sort of been through it previously, which is um, which is good to know in that regard. Um, hopefully, we don't have to go through it too much more. But anyway, that is what it is, and. We'll certainly uh, do our best to make sure those horses can get here if they, if they want to. Okay, and what's the latest with the Rising Sun? As we know, four horses were invited, two three-year-olds, two four-year-olds. Expensive ego copy that being the four-year-olds, the three-year-olds being Krug and Pat's Beachstorm. News coming through that Pat's Beachstorm won't be making the trip from Victoria to take his spot in the other Rising Sun and obviously the Queensland Derby as well. So where does that leave that invitation now? Yeah, so we did have a discussion with uh, with David Moran, and he uh, indicated that yeah, just the horse wasn't at the point where he, he really wanted to at the moment in terms of t taking on the Rising Sun. So um, there's a connection to that horse. Have declined the invite. We do have the capacity to uh, to issue that to uh, to another horse. We did make contact with the connections of Taste and Delight uh, through Brian Portelli um, to ask if uh, if they'd be interested in running in the Rising Sun, and if uh, should an invite be be issued. They have indicated that Queensland is on the cards for 
but their, their primary target is the Derby. So at this stage, they're, uh, they, <coughs> they won't be targeting the Rising Sun. So that invite at the moment is still there if we choose to use it. Um, at this point in time, having spoken with the club and our handicappers, uh, we think best we uh, have a look and see what happens this weekend. Um, there's a, a three-year-old race program on Saturday night at Albion Park. So um, the guys will obviously look at that. Um, and obviously, three-year-olds are, are entitled to nominate for the race as well. So um, we'll just uh, bide our time a little bit over the next week or so until obviously Noms close next Monday. Uh, but uh, we'll give our chance to, to see if there's anything that stands out over the, um, particularly this coming Saturday night. Okay, so just keeping the powder dry, but connections of horses like Captain Crusader and Cashed Up that were placed behind Krug, they're more than entitled to nominate for the Rising Sun? Absolutely, that, that's correct, and um, you know, we look forward to them um, hopefully doing so. But um, that's uh, you know, obviously we, our handicappers will uh, will aim to choose the uh, the best field that's available, and, and uh, obviously we'll wait to see which uh, which horses do nominate uh, three and four year olds. But um, yeah, certainly, and as you said, there certainly is a, a you know a reasonable quality looking three year old coming up this Saturday night. Um, so there may be something that comes out of that, but we'll just as you said keep our powder dry until we uh, we see uh, the, the outcome of that race. Okay. Speaking of Saturday night, David, we've got the opening round of heats of the DJA Trotting Series and we've also got the Wandai's Mate and uh, by all accounts that promises to be a real highlight, that free-for-all this weekend. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Chris. Uh, you know, it's fantastic, and this has been one of the benefits of some of the horses coming up early, you know, and the horses coming in from New Zealand. Um, you know, we've, we've been able to see them, as you said, with Krug last, last Saturday night, and, um, and this coming Saturday night looks like copy that'll be in. A um, number of those horses from New South Wales and, and our own, which Bank and Trained here and, and Colt 31. So, um, look, it's, uh, it's really uh, positive for the carnival and um, helps bring eyeballs to it, knowing that we're still roughly a month off the, the black of fake where um, hopefully a lot of these horses will be going head to head again so I'm sure they will be uh, cherry ripe by that stage but uh, it's yeah it's a, we're sort of a bit tickle pink about being able to see these horses on the track uh, already and, and being able to follow them th through the carnival. Yeah absolutely a lot to look forward to fingers crossed uh, with the COVID situation but uh, we'll keep everyone up to speed as soon as uh, news comes through. David I really appreciate the time this morning we'll be in uh, in contact over the next couple of weeks. No worries. Thanks, Chris. Mobile Rolling on Radio Tab. Well, one of the big winners on Saturday night at Redcliffe was the uh, the Group 1 Yearling Sales Series final. And that went the way of the favourite Teddy Disco. Sean Grimsey, Nathan Dawson, both bringing up their second Group 1 victory of their careers. Sean did it with uh, Wicked Style when he won the three-year-old size a number of years ago. And Nathan did it with Jiggle and Jive a few seasons ago. So they both brought up their second Group 1 victory. And it was a, a deserved victory as well. He was the horse to beat. He didn't disappoint. He was able to score well. Sean Grimsey is online with us now. Sean, good morning. Congratulations. Yeah, good morning. Thanks a lot, Chris. Tell me, the, the way it was sort of mapped early going into that race on, on, on Saturday night, did it surprise you with the way it unfolded? Um, well, obviously, we thought Pete would go forward with his filly. Uh, we weren't sure how quick he'd get the front and maybe legal. We weren't 100% sure whether they'd go forward or back. Um, but either way... We were pretty confident we'd end up in the death. OK. But he was the horse to beat. Uh, he was so good taking out his heat. He just keeps improving each and every time you take him off the property. And he was so good again there. Dominant, uh, as I said at the finish, 57.8 mile rate. So he's a very talented horse. Uh, yeah, he's, he seems to have a lot of talent and he keeps improving. So, 
yeah, all, all gum. In saying that, though, it, it wasn't smooth sailing early on. What Was he broken in and educated by Jason Carr Key, but he had his fair share of little issues that needed to be sorted out? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, Jason Jason did the breaking in. He was... Um, yeah, he was a handful to get a halter of bridle on. Couldn't, couldn't catch him in the paddock. Um, he always... Like, once he went on the track, he always paced well, but you sort of had to... Yeah, he never wanted to do what everyone else was doing. So, yeah, he'd go out and run for a furlong. That was about it. And, yeah, then he was happy just to go slower and slower. So, yeah, it was a bit, bit of work in progress, but he's got there. <laughs> is he a lot better now, obviously? Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Like, that being said, every time, like, his two saving graces were, one, he, when he did go for a furlong, he felt really nice. And the other thing was, every time he went out and come back in, he improved. Although not not reaching any lofty heights, he was still improving. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, the, that's the second time you've won that series. You won it designer style. The, the little Philly Shields able to win uh, a number of seasons ago. It wasn't at that group yeah. one status back then. So the second time you've won that race. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've had a bit yeah. of luck and too many time ran third in it. So, yeah, we've done all right for the few starters we've had. How special is it with this guy, Teddy Disco, the fact that you... you you know, you bred him, you raced his mum, you've had him from pretty much day dot. So you've got the whole story with Teddy Disco. How much more special is it winning that race, knowing that you've had the, the family going for a little while now? Yeah, that is, but probably um, more the fact that, like, since we got flooded in 17, Dad really hasn't had a, much of a go at all. Like, he had too much time then, and he sort of broke down not long afterwards, and... Georgia Grace was reaching the end of her time. So, um, yeah, in between times, it's been pretty lean pickings for him. So, yeah, it was good that he come out and, yeah, he's got a... Well, he's won a good race and looks like he's got a good horse. Yeah. And, and with three jewels, the mother of Teddy Disco, you had a good opinion of her early on. And during her two-year-old season, she looked like she was going to be more than OK. Yeah, she... Um, like, early on, she, she was a terrific filly and, like... Obviously, she sat outside Lady Euthenia in that nursery pace of two and ran a great third. But from um, that day on, we had nothing but problems with her, like a couple of injuries and she had throat surgery. And, yeah, it just, just all went downhill um, Yeah, from, from that day on with her. But ability-wise, uh, as a two-year-old filly, she was out pending. How did you just come up with Tintin in America? A uh, good friend of mine, Jake Stockton, um, well, he organised him coming over here and um, he owns a share in him and along with other people, obviously. And, yeah, it was sort of just looking, don't like to spend too much on him. We've tried that and it's not very rewarding. And um, and he's New South Wales uh, Breeders Challenge eligible. So the theory being, if you ever got one good enough, it's not too far to go to have a go at the good money down there. Okay. He's a good style of horse, though, isn't he, Teddy Disco? Oh, yeah, he is. He's a magnificent-looking horse. Yeah, helps when they're um, black. Makes him look a yeah. bit shinier, but, yeah, no, he's a, he's a good type. Tell us about the name. What does Teddy Disco mean? Oh, it's just... Um, oh, he was just down here and we were watching the football one night. Uh, my daughter loves the NRL and that, and James Tedesco put on one of his shows and we are just ginning around and... Um, we said, oh, we'll have to name him after Tedesco and Georgia come up with Teddy Disco. 
not too far <laughs> off the mark. So yeah. Went with it and it never changed. Well, he's a jet-like his namesake. There's no doubt about it. What have oh, we got well. coming up? The um, triad. The is that the next Adios. big target? Oh, the par for Adios is in between. Um, that'll be an interesting race. And then the size stakes, yeah, triad. Okay. So that means you'll you'll go up against uh, Danger Zone, the only horse that's beaten Teddy Disco so far again. Uh, against Danger Zone? Yeah. Did you say? Yeah, well, yeah. that's right, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he's there as well. Yeah, he's um, he looks the benchmark for the two-year-olds up here at the minute. He's winning the breeders was enormous, um, sort of doing that much work through the first half. So yeah, he he looks a class horse. Seems to have high speed. Seems strong. So yeah, there's there's other ones that could probably win the race as well, given luck in running. But yeah, he's he's the benchmark. Okay, so they're the immediate targets, the, uh, the pale phase, yeah. Adios, and then the triad. You mentioned the Breeders' Challenge, the fact that he is eligible for that uh, series down there in Sydney. So that's in the back of the mind as well, depending on how he comes through his next couple of starts? Yeah, for sure. Like, it's, that, that's in October now, and with the um, change of season thing, it, I think it's played into our hands up here. If you've got one uh, good enough, like, it, it's not a rush trip. Um, you don't have to come back for any other races. You can just sort of aim towards it and everything's going well well it's your only consideration so yeah it becomes an option for sure and obviously it's a lot of money yeah absolutely uh well that's teddy disco we look forward to seeing him uh, in the next couple of weeks here at albion park speaking of albion park you've got a runner today with harley blue she goes around in race two she's got the outside draw can she feature here wow might sound like a bit of a mug if I say yes, but she definitely can. She's um, very poorly gated filly, but she has a great engine and and a good will. But, yeah, she just... Last week she finished off well. Um, the last half was just too too quick for her. Like, she probably needs a bit more even of her own race. But, yeah, she'll, she'll be somewhere near him with a bit of luck. OK, we'll keep an eye out for her. Race 2, number 7, Harley Blue. Sean, again, congratulations to the whole family, your mum and dad, your wife, Michelle, uh, your daughter, Georgia. It's a big team environment down there, and you've got a great one here in Teddy Disco taking out that Group 1 feature. Hopefully it's the first of a few more to come. The season's not done yet. So, uh, again, congratulations and continued success. No, thanks a lot, Chris. And he pulled the trigger on Cruz and this Kiwi cracker. He races away. Look at Krug open up. He put up a margin of seven metres. Captain Crusader able to work one off. Moves into a clear second. Cashed up still there in third. Deeper, what's up, Sunshine? Hemsworth is trying to force clear. Back straight quarter, 28.5. They're up towards the home turn. Krug in full flight. Krug leads the way. Captain Crusader in second. Cashed up third. To the outside, Hemsworth starting to make some ground. They're into the home straight. And the favourite's looking good, Krug. He pulls away from Captain Crusader, then cashed up, and it's all the cult from Kiwiland. Krug, Krug easily. He bowled it in. Krug too good, beating Captain Crusader. He was so good taking out the Rickliffe Derby there on Saturday night. He was the headlined act, and he didn't disappoint. The man behind Krug is Cran Getty. He joins us online now. Cran, good morning and congratulations. Well, a very big thrill, uh, Chris, no doubt about it. But um, like to say, uh, we're excited. The horse went very good. But uh, how good did the commentator go? I thought that was a level out of 10. <laughs> you sound surprised. <laughs> no, never doubted you. I know you're the top of the pops. <laughs> now, now, tell me, uh, the expectations going there on Saturday night, 
delivering that type of performance, does it take a little bit of pressure off or does it only increase the pressure with what's still to come? Oh, yeah, good question, Chris. Uh, pressure's a funny thing. Um, I've been through this a few times before, a few rodeos. Um, pressure's a major thing. Sure, you're worrying your stress, but um, you can only do your best. But, but naturally, building up to that race the other night, um, it was a lot of expectation around him, and, and you're just sort of relieved rather than actually, ex- well, you're excited, but you're relieved just as much. So um, I've just got to keep him the same, and I'm sure he'll race good the next few starts. Is he amongst nominations for this Saturday night? Uh, no, he's not. I, I did uh, anticipate that, but I thought, well, if I did run that, he, he may end up running four to five weeks in a row. So I thought I'd better keep the batteries recharged for the, for the big dance on the 10th. OK, so his next start will be in the Rising Sun? Uh, correct, yes. OK. The, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about this morning is this you know, obvious concern with the COVID, that travel bubble has been uh, paused between New Zealand and Australia. How big of an impact is that having on you, not only personally, but also with the the rest of the campaign? You're looking at bringing Blair over to drive him, his regular driver, Blair Orange. So is it all up in limbo for you right now? Uh, Yeah, I I just put it, I spoke to Chris and your wife this morning about it. I just treat it like the weather, really, Chris. It's something that we concern about. We have no control over it, so we can't worry about it, really. So I'm sure I'd love to go back to my team back at base, um, but my staff tell me they go better when I'm away, so... um, I don't know if that's confidence or what that is, but <laughs> but uh, sure, I'd like to go back to base. And then again, I, I'm going to run with the, not having the risk of coming back here and um, with things being closed up. So at this stage, um, with this little guy doing good, um, it's probably the best option is to stay with him for now. OK, but you were planning on going back home this week? Uh, that's right, yes. Um, I was hoping to have a week back at base. Um, um, it's always sure we're lucky enough to have this guy. But you're always trying to find your next one, of course. That's the way this crazy industry works. But... Uh, but I think for another few weeks, um, the world won't stop because <laughs> I can't go where I want to go. OK. And what about the driving situation? You just play it by ear, but you obviously aren't going to be uh, short on drivers putting their hand up to drive him in any of the said features in the coming weeks. Yeah, that's a very fair statement. Um, there's many quality horse people here. Um, so, sure, my first option is to Blair, and all respect to him. I'd love to have him with the horse, but... Um, if that doesn't arise, um, yeah, there's 101 great horse people here, so um, responsibility is just for me to get the horse running well. OK. Now, with the rising sun, and as it stands, coming out of the weekend, Pat's Beachstorm, the New South Wales derby winner, he's not going to be making the trip now. So you're the only three-year-old in the rising sun, and I'm sure you wouldn't be disappointed if you were the only three-year-old because that guarantees you gate one. A uh, very, very, very big bonus. I, I can't emphasise that enough, really. Um, you know, so railing and top ending is a is, is a big bonus, or or just taking the short way home. So, um, sure, we'll take that um, naturally. And um, I think the way it may fall, I'm only guessing, but uh, Amazing Dream, who are actually working alongside, uh, may draw two, being a mere, and um, and then the other stars will be aligned after that. So, um, yeah, the one hole will be super. Okay. I know you've got great respect for for Amazing Dream, copy that, and expensive ego, but just after Saturday night, Luke McCarthy was trackside there at Redcliffe. He drove the runner-up in in the derby behind Krug with Captain Crusader. Do you think he took notice of Krug? Uh, Sorry, just missed the last bit there. Sorry, Chris, on the phone. Sorry, just that last statement. Sorry. I was just saying, do you think Luke took good notice of Krug, uh, knowing that he's got expensive ego, plus probably spirit of St Louis to go up against uh, Krug in the Rising Sun? Do you, do you really think he, uh, you know, paid close attention to Krug there on the weekend? Uh, 
Uh, no doubt. Um, I spoke to him after the race. He pretended he didn't know which horse was in front and which horse had won um, with a typical dry smile. So, um, but no, she'll be, he'll be on the ball. Um, he's, he's one of the whiz kids in racing, as we presently speak, and um, he, he won't have missed um, one inch of his racing, um, and he'll be sort of polishing his one harder and faster. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll respect him, naturally. But just on the Rising Sun, is Expensive Ego the one that you fear the most? I do. Um, personally, myself, um, it's when you go into these races, Chris, it's, it's not who you who you don't want to pick us, who you leave out, really. But um, he, he's racing John. He's like a John. He's getting, you know, to sit parked in the Miracle Mile and just go down and, and to go that time. And he's a young one on the up, uh, whereas Amazing Dream's done a great job. She's got a great CV and Coffee that's got a great CV. But he's he's just probably not quite as sharp as I thought he should have been um, just the last two weeks. But Ray's a super trainer. He'll get him there. But um, in summary, um, expensive ego is my sort of worry. Okay. Uh, I've just got to ask, just on the home front, um, you bought the, the full brother to Chicago Bull earlier this year. What are the early reports on him? Uh, well, typical of the expensive ones when you buy, um, of him a big group, he broke in the worst. Uh, <laughs> everything he wasn't meant to do, he done it. But uh, in about a three-week campaign, he went from sort of a, the worst one to the better one pretty quickly. So sure he's going to improve a lot more. But, um, yeah, pretty excited what I've seen so far. You know, with putting the price aside and the, the breeding aside, you sort of have to numb that out when, you, when you're handing them early. Um, but, yeah, pretty excited so far. All right, fingers crossed. The focus is certainly on Krug, there's no doubt about it. He was stunning there on Saturday night, taking out the Redcliffe Derby. Next start, the Rising Sun. Cran, again, congratulations. Really appreciate the time this morning, and we'll see you trackside. Yeah, good. Pleasure to be here. Interesting chat, Chris, with Cran Delgetti. Just a question I'm keen to ask you, Chris, with Krug. You mentioned he'll come up with the one uh, yep. in that Rising Sun. How much gate speed's this horse got? Now, he's got good gate speed, but it's a fair question you ask, and we probably won't know until we see the final makeup of the field what else is going to be drawn the front row because, as you just sort of hinted at, barrier one's a big plus, but until you see the, the, the makeup of that front line and what else is going to be in that race, we won't really know if it's going to be a real big advantage or a you know, a possible dilemma in, in how the race could actually map. So we won't know until next Monday. Okay. Racetrack Ralphie's online. All right, well, we need to find a winner for today's Big Ten Race program. Action at Albion Park getting underway at 1.07. Ralphie is online with us now. Racetrack, Ralphie, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. What were your thoughts on Krug there on the weekend? Oh, very impressive. Very, very impressive. Uh, there were, Can know, he win the Rising Sun? Up. Yeah, I just like you said, Chris, I think it depends on uh, barrier draws. Yeah, Okay. He's been crunched in the Rising Sun market. We'll talk with Jared Daffy later in the week, but I think he's about 280 now. I think uh, I had a look last night, so 280 for the Rising Sun expensive ego around 250. So not a great deal between them. Let's find a winner for today, so we can build that bank if we are going to back Krug in the Rising Sun. What have you got for us today, uh, Chris? We're looking at race three, number one, Misty Creek. Now he's a promising youngster who continues to involve. In uh, six starts to date, he hasn't missed the board and he's obviously uh, progressing towards the uh, Group 1 triad at the creek on the 24th of July. Now, he draws ideally today uh, with the inside gate and he should take this field all the way for Lola Wiedemann. It's, uh, it's a pretty tidy field uh, with five last start winners 
but he's the horse to beat from the draw. So okay. we're looking at uh, race three, number one, Misty Creek. All right, we'll put a big circle around him. Race three, number one, Misty Creek. He does look an exciting type, a son of better than cheddar for Lola Wiedemann, as you outlined. Misty Creek, that's the best bet on the program. There's a couple of handy types getting around there today. It looks like it's a, a fairly open program, but uh, that's our best bet. So we'll take the tip, race three, number one. Ralphie, we'll see you trackside later today. Okay, thanks, Chris.